Hello and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns here on here coming at you on a Sunday morning, uh, which is really my Friday morning, which is your Sunday morning. If you happen to be listening to it today, I don't know. Uh, probably not because you're probably out doing something fun on Sunday. And so maybe you listen to it tomorrow when I will be off. <laughs> I'm still getting used to this. I, you know, it takes me a long time to adapt to, uh, to especially time changes. I've noticed that. Um, I live in Colorado now for over, well, almost four years. And I am still just stumped like on a daily basis about the time change between the East Coast, West Coast and Central. As you as you know, I talk about it here all the time and I every time I have to like pause and OK, is it one hour this way, one hour that way? So anyway, my apologies, <laughs> but please forgive me. It's going to take some time for me to <laughs> to be really, you know, in the groove of this. And then, of course, by that time, I'll have to change my schedule again. Right. And that's you know, isn't that how life goes? Right. And that's and that's, you know, perfect example, you know, and that's one of the things I love about practicing mindfulness is that, you know, life provides us with so many examples of like, hey, look, here's here's a uh, here's an illustration of let it go and accept. Right. Don't don't get too mired into, you know, your preconceived notions of things. Right. Like, you know, it. Just because I've had Saturday and Sunday off for so long, that doesn't mean that's the only way to do it, right? And so, and so it's, it's about, you know, a lot of times people say change is hard. And that's not what I said, right? I said it takes me a long time to get adapted to, to, to you know, kind of get in the swing of things. But that doesn't mean that I find change hard. I actually find change quite easy and quite pleasant and pleasurable, in, in fact, right? Most people find change to be hard for the reason that we talk about here all the time, right? Which is clinging, right? We we cling to the way things are because right now everything's good. You know, I like things to be this way because, you know, everybody seems to be okay and happy and, and healthy and so let's not change anything, right? And and I get that, right? There's times, I can remember times where, actually pretty recently, like, you know, when, you know, if you have like a big expense coming up, you know, and it's like, okay, I have the money right now, but the expense isn't due for another like, three weeks or so, should I just pay it now? Should I, you know, kind of the feeling that like, can I freeze time right now so that this is ready for that kind of thing? You know, I don't know if that sort of thing has ever happened to you, um, but it is, um, it's kind of amazing. Like when we look at it, right, that, that, you know, life is always just rolling along right? That's the way life happens. And again, it happens moment by moment, right? And so, so the idea then is that in each moment, right, it's like a complete, you know, like I, I was talking about the other day about potential, right? Like every moment provides a new potential. It really does, right? I mean, you have no idea what's going to happen when you turn that corner and walk down that street over there, right? You have no idea who you're going to meet. You have no idea what's going to happen. You have no idea what you're going to see, what you're going to hear, what you're going to feel, what you're going to taste, what you're going to think. You have no idea what thoughts are going to come to your mind when you turn that corner today, right? You just don't know. And so, so the more we can embrace the mystery and the unpredictability and the constant change that life is, it doesn't really change anything about the way life happens, right? But it changes the way that we 
can sort of, as they say, roll with the punches, as it were, right? Because that's what it is, right? Life is about rolling with the punches, you know? I mean, I know it's kind of a, you know, it's a little bit of a violent way to look at it, of course, and I don't really think it's really rolling with the punches, but it's rolling with something, right? It's rolling with the waves, you know? That's that's more of a better one, right? Like the learning to surf community that I am a part of, right? That it's about surfing, right? Like John Kabat-Zinn says, we can't stop the waves, but we can learn to surf. You know, that's what he's talking about, right? We can't stop the need for the change of schedule. We can't stop, you know, financial, unexpected financial things from coming up. We can't stop illness from happening. We can't stop death. We can't stop difficulty. We can't stop. We also can't stop joy and, and excitement and beauty and, and fulfillment. Right? We can't stop any of it. So all we can do is learn to ride with it, learn to roll with it, learn to surf with it. That's a beautiful concept. And I know like, I probably should have come up with that before rolling with the punches, but I don't know why. It's a boxing term, I think. But anyway, um, you know, well, I mean, it makes sense, though, because I mean, I think the, uh, the, the term means like when you're if you're boxing somebody, right? And this is similar. I was actually just talking to somebody who uh, a sort of colleague who another coach, he works with parents and somebody I've known in the past. And we just got together for a quick call yesterday. I mean, quick, like an hour or so. <laughs> so great to talk to this guy. But he's up in Canada. And so I use some hockey references, right? Because that's, you know, everybody in Canada growing up, you're exposed to hockey. There's no question about that, right? And I used to play a lot of hockey as a young boy in in uh, New York. New York is a very big hockey town. So, uh, so I, so I, you know, when you're playing hockey, right? If, if the puck comes to you, right, you have to have what they call soft hands, right? Hockey is a very hard sport. There's nothing soft about it. The, the puck is made of hard rubber. And the only thing soft is the pads on the goalie who you're shooting the puck at as hard as you can, right? Every, everything in the hockey is, is kind of seemingly done very, very hard, right? But that's not really how it is. You know, when you actually play hockey, even though, yes, you're skating as fast as you can, you're, you know, bumping each other, checking each other into the boards and stuff, and you're doing that as hard as you can. But when you're handling the puck, it's actually a very gentle, a very soft experience. And that's the only way it works. In fact, that's what they say is that, like, you know, guys like me who used to play defense... <laughs> Like when, you know, if I have a chance to go towards the goal and the puck comes to me, you know, my hands were like stone, they used to say, right? And so the puck would like bounce off my stick and I couldn't get a hold of it to get the shot off, right? I mean, once in a while I did, but but really that was not my specialty. My specialty was other things, which is okay, right? But the point is, though, that, that life, right, it requires a softness. It requires a... a a malleability of us, right? It, it, and, and the same thing, I mean, I talk about, you know, uh, um, you know, playing hockey, but the same thing is with catching a ball, right? Like, like when you, ca or, or play, well, playing tennis is a little different. When you catch a ball, right, you actually like kind of move your hand back a little bit when the ball hits you, right? You, you receive it, right? You don't meet it like that, because if you meet it like that, then more times than not, I mean, yeah, sure, with the mitt, you can grab it. But, you know, more times than not, you're going to bounce the ball away from you, right? So the idea is that life is arising. And if we are so set in what we believe should be true, and, and we are so, you know, adamant on things being a certain way, 
well, then we're not soft to receive life, right? We're hard so that life is going to kind of bounce off us a little bit, right? And that means we're going to miss out on opportunities. We're going to miss out on, 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 you know, things that could be very rewarding for us, right? So like around that corner, right? Like if you're, if you're hard and you're, you know, walking, like I just got to get somewhere, you know, I got places to be, things to do, people to see, you know, head down walking and not paying attention and just, you know, eyes forward, right? And well, you know, maybe you just pass somebody who could be your, you know, I mean, are you single? Look at that person. She looks really interested in you, you know, that kind of thing, right? Like we miss it, right? And that's the point, right? That when we're all, when we're all flooded with the idea of how things are supposed to be and, 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 you know, what's fair and what's not fair and, and what's my rights and what, what I'm going to demand and, you know, like how I'm being treated and all that kind of stuff, right? When we get stuck in that, that's when we miss life. We miss the connections that life provides us. And that's when, you know, and, and then really, you know, and I talk about this a lot, so this isn't something that you probably haven't heard before, but, but what happens then, right, is that now there's going to be consequences, right? So, of course, yeah, the, the woman on the street that you missed, there's not going to be many consequences to that, although maybe, I don't know, maybe you'll be alone for a really long time where, you know, anyway, that, that gets into a little bit of, uh, you know, more of imaginary kind of stuff. But, but in reality, right, what happens is, and, and this is kind of the sort of examples I use a lot that like, you know, <clears throat> let's say, you know, let's say you and I have an argument about something, right? And I'm, and I'm really like going over my, in my mind, like, no, you know, she shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't have done that. That's not right. And this is how it's supposed to be. And this, damn it, this is how I want it to be and that kind of stuff, right? So when I walk away with all that going on in my head, right, say my, my daughter, wants to talk to me about something. Ah, not now. I can't right now. Right? Well, there's going to be a consequence there. Okay? Now, I might not see that consequence. It might be years before I realize what that consequence is, but there's going to be a consequence, and most likely it's going to have a consequence. It's going to, the consequence is going to have to do with the, the health of the relationship between my daughter and me, which as for me personally, that's a very, very big deal, you know? And so, but, but of course that's just one right now, this can show up as mistakes at work, right? Because you didn't really hear the instructions, right? This can, uh, this can wind up with car accidents, right? Because you weren't really paying attention to what you were doing and you went through the, this, you know, you thought it said right turn, go and it said no and somebody hit you right like something like that um it could be you know any number of things right it could be getting a speeding ticket because you weren't paying attention you didn't see the police officer behind the little billboard sign there and he pulled you over and he's giving you a 200 dollars ticket right there are consequences and then those consequences happen and now oh man now i got this 200 dollars ticket that i can't really afford now how am i going to pay my rent this month and that's another consequence you see and then the consequences just kind of keep unfolding out of one another and that's when you start thinking like well my life just sucks i'm just an unlucky guy i just you know things just don't work out for me in my life Right. These are the things that we tell ourselves like we, you know, like Carl Jung says, like we, you know, we call it our fate. 
right? But but the thing is that, and it's not, I mean, just that one little reference of Carl Jung, it doesn't really apply to what Carl Jung is all about, but sorry about that. <laughs> but the point is, right, the point is that that's the way we start thinking of it, right? We start thinking of it, the fact that we are just destined for this unluckiness and just, you know, things just don't work out for us. But that's not necessarily true. In fact, it's much more likely that these things are happening because you're simply not attending as the initial thing is happening. So what you're doing is you're, you're dealing with consequences over and over and over again. And that also results as we talk about this sort of process of like not really being right here right now, right? What that really amounts to, as Ram Dass said in one, one talk that I heard, you know, you're, you're really like thinking about your life rather than living your life, right? And that's the point of coming into the present moment. I got to just, pardon me, I just got to plug my computer in here before it dies in the middle of this uh, video. That would be very, very poor form. So, all right, there we go. Sorry about that. Um, so, so that's what it means to come into the present moment. Now, of course, one of the best ways... Well, let, let's for, let's talk about this first. Okay, so what else happens in the present moment, right? You know, remember I said walking around that corner right there, right? You know, one of the most important things that we experience as human beings is love, right? Love is the is the the very root of the positive emotions that we can feel right now all the positive emotions that we can feel when we are experiencing positive emotions our body is in the state of what uh dr stephen porges calls the social engagement state of our body which is basically what he's describing is the non-stress mode of our nervous system right so when your nervous system is in a state of homeostasis some people call it rest and digest as opposed to fight and flight right and so so when you're in that mode of rest and digest what happens then is that all of your blood and and all of your blood vessels open up uh under you know in the area under your diaphragm all that blood starts to soak into all those vital organs down there in your you know uh in your sub diaphragmatic uh body in your gut right where all those visceral organs are right and now you're in a place of growth right you're in a place where your wounds will heal you're in a place where your immune system is free to to do its work and fight off infections you're in a place where your cells are dividing and 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 replenishing themselves in a beautiful you know fountain of life that's happening inside of you i mean every day you're you have to replenish like billions of cells right and so this requires you know, a health of the organism, right? And so, so in a, in a very real way, right? The idea of love, right? The idea of being in that, that positive place. And again, this is not to say that you're avoiding the negative, right? Because it's okay to have negative here and there and here and there. And actually that's very good for us to have, to challenge our body with the stress response from time to time. That's very healthy for our body. But when the stress response becomes the norm, 
as it did for me for so many years, and it may be for you right now, as it is for almost eight out of 10 Americans who deal with chronic stress all the time. Well, that's when you're starving your, your organs of the vital blood that they need. You're not allowing those cells to replicate. You're not allowing yourself to, to rejuvenate. And, and at that point, you're just, you know, you're starting the process of, of you know, of failure of the organism. I don't mean to be morbid, but that's what it is, right? And so, and so, so in that way, right, it's been built into our biology, the need for connection, right? The need for connection is the same thing as the need for love, right? And so this biological imperative that we have to connect to each other, right? This is, I mean, I, and I, I can't put it any more important. Like, there's nothing more important than a biological imperative. Basically, in a biological imperative is the will to live, right? Like, that is everything, right? When you lose that, you know, you're not alive anymore. Literally, you're, you're dying, you know, at that point. And so, so, so this biological imperative, and, and it's true, right? They've done lots of studies of other mammals that show that, that if, you know, it, it, and it's really sad, these experiments that were done, but you know, it, it shows a very, very important truth here that, that if a, a baby is born and well cared for, right? Like fed, changed, cleaned, um, you know, nurtured in every way, and but not picked up not held, not, not, you know, there was no eye contact, there was no attunement emotionally, the monkey dies. It literally expires. It cannot live without the, the connection. And we are no different, right? And that's why, you know, when they do, you know, there's lots of, I just finished the book, uh, The Biology of Belief, really pretty good book um you know dr bruce lipton i mean he's you know he's got his own style not necessarily i don't necessarily love it but he's great great stuff in the book really all about the cells and the cellular life of your body and <laughs> very highly recommend reading the book um but but the thing is that he talks about that you know he mentions a few studies and that's one of the things it's a very science-based book so i always love that you know uh but in the studies that he mentions a couple of the studies he mentions is that there are um th there have been like when they you know people come in for treatment of a cancer for instance right like you know it's it's almost like they can you know map out how well or how poorly that person's going to do with recovering from this disease and being treated for this disease based on how much social connection they have. Like that's, that's a thing. Like there's studies that they've done that have shown that people who have, who live a solitary life, who have no social, um, you know, sort of support network around them, they're far more likely to, to, to have the worst case scenario in a, in a big disease like cancer or some other thing. Whereas people who have a, a strong sense of connection to a, a greater group of people outside themselves, they generally heal better, right? So compassion, right? That's what we're talking about here, right? When we can, you know, when we develop presence through very basic practices and we, and we start to find empathy through that presence, 
now that can just very gracefully, very easily lead us into compassion, right? And compassion is connection, right? In order for me to, and, and in fact, the, the word compassion, right, come, comes from the, the Latin compare, right, which is, which is the verb to stand, or sorry, to suffer with, right? With, right? It's a connection. So, so just practicing compassion builds a connection to somebody else. Now, I want to tell you about a practice I've been doing, okay? This is something, if you listen to the um, Adam and R, I'm sorry, the Learning to Surf podcast, I interviewed my coach, my former coach. Uh, her name is Itabe Fornes, wonderful person. Um, she, uh, she, she mentioned a practice that she does and, or that she had done a long time ago, and it, and it really resonated with me. And so I'm doing a similar practice. So you may have heard of it in the Learning to Surf episode uh, with Aitabe. And whether you did or you didn't, <laughs> it's a really, really cool practice. Now, I'm doing it to kind of reconnect to myself, you know, based on some very heavy trauma in my childhood, as I've talked to you here about, right? And so, you know, trauma that I'm realizing was heavier than I've ever given it credit for being, right? So, so what I'm doing is I'm doing this practice with the six-year-old me, right? But you can do this with just about anyone in your life, right? But, but specifically, you want to do it with someone who's a little hard to connect with, right? Now, Aitabe did it with her mother, right? And, and that's not uncommon for us to have a difficulty in connecting with our parents, right? And so, so I, I really, I, I invite you and I kind of encourage you to check this out, okay? And so, so the way you would do this practice is you would pick somebody, Okay, and it's really just about one person at this point, right? Now, there's many ways that we can kind of adjust this practice, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the first, you know, you pick one person, at least for now, right? Generally speaking, it's going to be, it's going to work effectively, you know. Well, let me, let me back up a second. So, so if, if you're just starting out, on your compassion practice. If you've never done any compassion practice before, then don't pick somebody who's that hard. You know, maybe pick somebody who's more of a, you know, an easy person to give love to. And try this for the first, you know, few days, right? And then, then we can ease into, you know, kind of going from somebody who's a very positive person in your life to maybe somebody who's a little more neutral in your life, like somebody you just don't really know them. And then go to that hard person. Don't start with the hard one. That's always... There's not much benefit in that, okay? So, so, so instead, pick somebody in your life who, you know, you, you, you feel very good about them, but maybe you feel like you could be closer to them, right? Maybe somebody who you've lost touch with a little bit. Maybe it's an old friend, you know, you've lost touch with them, or maybe it's one of your kids or your spouse. You know, you just don't feel like you're as close anymore, right? You feel like a, a lack of connection to this person, right? That's the key, the connection. And what you want to do is, and, and you can do this in many different ways, right? And this is a very informal practice, okay? Um, what you want to do is you kind of want to almost like walk them through your days, right? That's what I'm doing. So, so as I'm walking along in my life and like sitting here, like, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, like, Hey, yeah. So this is how I set up my microphone for the podcast. And I always set a timer up here because I want to make sure I'm around 30 minutes. It's okay if I go a little over, a little under, 
just walking him through my daily, my moment to moment experience, right? But the point is that I'm just, I'm keeping him here, right? Because the thing is that once, once I connect to this person, right, who is this young six-year-old boy who, you know, experienced some really hard things for a six-year-old boy to experience, right? Like when I, when I deepen a connection for him, right, as soon as I establish a connection with him, let me put it this way, he lives inside of me. Right. He, he, he occupies a space in my, you know, and it doesn't have to be a woo woo concept, right? Even just thinking about him, right? He is existing as a, as an energetic wave in my brain, right? I'm picturing him. I'm thinking about him. So he exists in my body, right? As a, as a, as an idea, as a, as a thought, as an image, right? He exists in here. Right. And now the thing is, as soon as anyone exists in our body, well, now they are us. Right. And so now we care about them on a deep, on a much deeper and different level. Right. And so, so the idea then is just establish that connection. Right. And, and what better way to establish a connection than just, hey, let me tell you about myself. You know, like I already know about you, but let me tell you about me. You know, let's, let's, you know, let me, you know, hey, yeah, I just read this amazing book. You know, this was a great book. It's one of my favorite books ever, you know? And hey, yeah, you know, I, I, I like to play guitar, you know? Should I play a little guitar? Should we do that right now? Would you like me to play some guitar? Would you, would that be cool with you? You know, like that kind of stuff. And here's the thing, you're going to forget, right? It's not like you're going to do this, you know, and it's just going to be perfect. Okay, yeah, this person's always with me. I never miss a bit. No, I mean, you know, you're going to go like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to, now I feel terrible. I've, I've ignored this person all day, but it's not like that. Okay, it's not like that. It's really just about, again, building a connection. Now, this is just one way in which we can practice compassion, Okay, there are many, many, many other ways in which we can practice compassion. And I would love to tell you about more of them because truly, I mean, whether you do a meditation practice or you don't do a meditation practice, if you can practice compassion, it is one thing that you can control really very easily control that is beneficial to your health. Right? It doesn't require a gym membership. It doesn't require staying away from the foods you love. It doesn't require not drinking any alcohol or sugary sodas or anything like that. It really is just about just a thought process, right? And so the more you cultivate that thought process, the more you are integrating your brain the various regions of your brain are integrating together. You're integrating your brain into your body and you're integrating yourself with the different people in your life. Now, these things alone are going to increase your health, okay? It's good for you. Literally, you're going to add years onto your life by doing these practices. I cannot put it any more plainly than that. So what do you say? You know, give it a shot. And I'm asking you because I care about you. I want you to be well. I want you to be happy. I want you to be, the reason, and maybe it's a little selfish, the reason I want these things, because I know that if you're happy and you're healthy, 
then you're going to make an impact on this world that's a very beautiful and positive impact. And I live in this world, and I would like for the world to be impacted in a positive way. And so I support you in doing that. And I know you would support me, too. So why don't we do that for each other? Why don't we just make an agreement to each other that every morning for just a few minutes we'll do this and see if we can do it throughout the day, too. But at least just have breakfast with the person. Right. Just pick somebody in your life. Maybe it's one of your parents. Maybe it's a a sibling who you've kind of grown away from. Maybe it's a a friend you lost touch with. Maybe it's a a colleague who's just always getting under your skin, just so hard. And, you know, why are they so hard on me? You know, somebody like that. Right. And just say, you know, again, you don't have to look at it for all day, every day. Just say, you know, every meal you have. Right. When you when you sit down to eat, you're going to have this person next to you. And you're just going to just spend some time with them. They're not talking back to you. So you don't have to worry about what they say, right? It's just about you imagining a life of happiness with this person. That's all it is. All right. So if you have any questions about this or anything else, I want you to get in touch with me, okay? I also am going to ask you a question. Uh, I'm going to do this over the weekend, over my weekend. I'm going to do a little video and, and sort of take a poll because I have some ideas of how maybe I can offer some uh, group coaching for all of you, but I want to gauge the, the the interest. So I'm going to send an email out to everyone on my list, and I'll put a little video up for that tomorrow too. All right? All right, everybody. <laughs> I wish you well. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I sure did. Uh, great way to wrap up the week for me on a feeling of love. And oh, it just feels so good. Ah, and so I hope you enjoy it, too. I hope it makes you feel as good as it makes me feel. Have a great day, everybody. I'll talk to you in a couple days. And as always, though, feel free to email me or, or get in touch any way you can through any of the social media apps or the, you know, whatever. Uh, join the social media group. Showing Up To Your Life now has a Facebook group. It's got like some 40 people in there or something now. So we are officially a community. And now I got to start posting in there every day, which I did not think ahead on. But it's all good. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we got a community. So come on in. All right. And Let's, let's connect to each other because we know that it's good for us. Have a great day, everybody. Take care.